Welcome to the Yahoo Finance Podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. I'm Alexis Christophorus here with Yahoo Finance's Rick Newman. And Rick, you have a story out, including an interesting poll that we had here at Yahoo Finance. It shows results of people who voted for Trump and now wish they hadn't. What did that poll reveal? Well, let me tell you how this whole thing got started first. Um, I've been covering the uh, health care bills in the House and the Senate. And one story I wrote got a couple responses to those stories, including one guy who said, you know, I voted for Trump. And if this uh, Senate bill actually goes past, it would really hurt me and my family because uh, some of my family members would, would lose Medicaid coverage. And so that got me thinking, well, I wonder how many Trump voters are out there who, now that they're seeing what Trump is doing, actually feel that they would be hurt by some of his policies, helped by his policies. What do Trump voters actually think at this point? So we con- conducted, uh, put this survey on online uh, on our website. We got a ton of responses. 25,000, uh, 25, right? More than 25,000 um, people who said they voted for Donald Trump an- answered the survey. Mm-hmm. And um, we asked, are you, first of all, we said, are you satisfied with the job Trump is doing? And about 83% of Trump voters said, yes, they are satisfied. Uh, that actually tracks with um, Trump's overall approval rating, which has been around 40%. Uh, so if you just sort of do the math, um, you know, you know, he's got that's the Trump base. Basically, uh, they are pretty they're they're behind him kind of no matter what happens. All these scandals don't seem to bother them very much. They think he's uh, kind of being pilloried by the media. But we also found um, uh, about 11 percent um, said they would not vote for Trump again. And about 13 percent said they are dissatisfied with the job he's doing. And that's a big margin because uh, Trump won. Uh, there were four battleground states that Trump won by a margin of less than two percent. Uh, so if you're thinking about, you know, his ability to govern, uh, his, uh, you know, what kind of support does he have among among voters today, and how might that affect the midterm elections in 2018 and then the next presidential election in 2020? Trump appears to have lost. Uh, the marginal voters who put him over the top mm-hmm. in uh, in 2016, and he's lost a lot of them. Um, so those marginal voters are the ones who swing elections, and they are not behind Trump right now. So I spent some time uh, following through on some of the people who said uh, they that you know that they fit that profile. I interviewed a bunch and wrote this story about what we're calling the Trump regretters, people who voted for Donald Trump but wish they hadn't. So one of the people that you interviewed is a former Wall Street trader. His name is Jim McDonald, right? And he, and he, I guess, was attracted to Trump at the outset because of the talk about deregulation, because, because Jim McDonald was talking about how Dodd-Frank really hurt his business up, back he was, in the day. He's up on the banks. He liked Trump's talk about uh, tax cuts. He liked uh, Trump highlighting the high cost of prescription drug prices. He agreed with Trump uh, on trade that America is being taken advantage of. So he voted for Trump. Uh, And now that he's watching how Trump's actually performing, he's pretty disappointed. All right, let's take a listen. We actually have some sound from Jim McDonald. He talked about uh, drug prices being out of control. I sign off on that, too. Um, Lower taxes. Yeah, sign me up for that. So I thought there was someone here that, you know, aside from the... uh, uh, should we say his, uh, you know, overbearing type of personality that might actually make some changes in so-called the swamp. Mm-hmm. But I, I've yet to really see anything good, and his uh, his opinions on the environment, particularly pulling us out of the Paris Accord, um, putting in someone like Scott Pruitt, who doesn't believe in the EPA, didn't want the EPA, and he's the head of it now. I mean, these things are 
tantamount to me to going backwards, not forwards, and I think the country needs to move forward. Did you find, Rick, that most of the people you spoke to were dissatisfied about things like the environment. I mean, Jim points out the environment. What was the thing that people were most dissatisfied with when it came to Trump? Yeah, I actually broke this down into categories as I read literally thousands of open-ended responses people gave us just kind of sharing their views in the survey and then following up with interviews with some of those people. Uh, one of the bi- biggest ones was that Trump is, is not acting presidential. This was a big disappointment. And, you know, I said to some of the people I interviewed, um, surely this cannot be a surprise to you. I mean, he hasn't changed his personality since the campaign. I mean, it was a boisterous campaign. Uh, You know, he's continually uh, saying things that shocked and surprised people. And by and large, people said, you're right. Um, But I thought he would tone it down once he got elected and act more presidential. Uh, And they're bothered by uh, the ad hominem attacks they see from uh, Donald Trump's Twitter feed. Um, They are they are bothered by the fact that he just continually spars with the media. Um, And by and large, people want um, at least this group of people I talked to. Fair to say these might be independents um, or centrists rather than sort of hardcore conservatives. Uh, They want pragmatic, practical solutions to real problems. And all they see is more combat in Washington, much of it uh, instigated by Trump himself. And that's a big turnoff to them. So Jim McDonald also said that a lot of his friends sort of feel the same way. Let's hear what he had to say about that. There are people like me. One of my neighbors I talked to not too long ago said he was, quote-unquote, mortified and embarrassed. Um, So, yeah, I I think there are certainly people out there. There are many that just kind of have turned a blind eye to it and don't really care. But I think we have to be truthful. Um, He's so preoccupied with uh, fighting so-called enemies and fake news Uh, You probably saw J.K. Rowling uh, quoted George Washington, to persevere in one's duty and be silent is the best answer to Mm -hmm. uh, calumny. Hmm. And I I agree with that, but he's just so, he's on a back foot all the time because of dumb things that he's said and dumb things that he's done, and nothing's getting done. So uh, I guess that goes back to the whole Twitter feed that that he just sort of, it's, you know, just random thoughts with President Trump on his Twitter feed. Unfiltered. Right. Yeah. Right. One of the categories you broke down in your uh, piece is how um, some people believe he's now favoring the wealthy now that he's in office. Ironically, Trump connected with the working class voter during the campaign. But are people feeling that now he's favoring the wealthy? Yes. And that may be uh, somewhat preliminary. Um, So we uh, let's keep in mind, he has not published a tax cut plan yet or a tax reform plan. We don't know what his tax plan is. What we know is that he has said he wants to cut taxes for everybody. He did say things such as he wants to eliminate the estate tax in general. That would that would, um, that would would help the wealthier more than anybody else because they're the only ones who really have to pay the estate tax. He also said he's considering reducing or eliminating the federal deduction for state income taxes, um, which is a deduction that gets down more into the middle class. So, you know, some people interpret this as uh, he wants to do a lot for wealthy people and a lot less for the middle class. And then when you put that together with the health plans that are being formulated, one has passed the House and there's another being formulated in the Senate. 
um, those would, to varying degrees, roll back um, Medicaid coverage and insurance uh, subsidies and help with insurance coverage for middle and lower income people. So this perception is even though there, there is no Trump health plan per se, there is no Trump care plan per se, there is GOP care. Um, he has endorsed both the health and the Senate plan, and that is creating an impression that he is quite happy to lower taxes on the wealthy and raise the burden on uh, the middle and lower class. Um, not exactly, that's not exactly in Trump policies, but he has sort of signed off on that. Now in the and area, that, that, yeah, and that upsets people. I bet. We're seeing it in your poll results. So when, what about when you're talking about competence, right? So Trump impressed a lot of voters because he is this successful businessman, and they thought that would translate into being a successful president. In many ways, we saw that with uh, Mayor Michael Bloomberg of New York City, right? They they saw him yep. successfully take that business empire acumen and uh, apply it to running the city. Um, are folks now who voted for Trump that you spoke to worried about his competency level? Yeah, that's another theme that came across in the interviews I conducted and also, again, in these hundreds and in some cases thousands of open-ended uh, responses to questions is that people were impressed by the fact that he ran this uh, very successful, uh, apparently successful Trump uh, company, the Trump Organization, um, although obviously that, you know, he did have these four business bankruptcies that, you know, some people voted against him for and other people didn't mind. I mean, he's very wealthy. Donald Trump is very wealthy, uh, however you look at it, whether it's $2 billion net worth or $10 billion whatever. Um, and that, you know, that's impressive to people. Uh, he obviously has a high-flying lifestyle, which I think impressed some of some of the people who voted for him. And some of those voters, not all of them, but some of them are now saying, um, yeah, I guess his, his style of leadership worked for his company, but it's just not the way you run a government. And he seems not to have made the transition. Uh, one guy said to me, uh, now that I've seen how Trump actually leads, he reminds me of the worst boss I ever had, a guy who uh, takes credit for everything, even when he doesn't deserve it, and blames others for everything that goes wrong, even when it's his fault. And he said, uh, he said, Trump, I can tell Trump is the kind of guy, again, he, this is somebody who voted for Trump. Mm -hmm. uh, he said, I can tell Trump is the kind of guy who surrounds himself with nodders. In other words, people who yes just people, not right? yes men and yeah. yes women who just nod and say, yes, boss, yes, boss, yes, boss, and uh, never have the guts to tell him the truth, perhaps because he fires people who tell him the truth. I don't know oh, if that's I true. Oh, I think he but... <laughs> used that line once or twice. You heard that line, yeah. called The Apprentice. Yeah. That's right. Um, now, dishonesty, another big one. Uh, some Trump supporters actually didn't mind his lies and exaggerations because they thought he was just sort of jousting, right? Especially right. because so many of those were, were sort of attacks on... Uh, what he calls the corrupt media. Yep. Uh, but but some of that dishonesty and some of those lies really does bother people. Yeah, that's another, th again, another theme that came through. Uh, you can't trust a word out of his mouth. Uh, one Trump voter said, here's the latest joke I'm hearing from my friends. How can you tell Trump is lying? His mouth is moving. Oh, boy. Um, and that's, you know, that, these are Trump voters. Um, that's not the funniest joke, really. <laughs> but that's a, but sen that's a sentiment out right, there. Right. Uh, and again, I was pleased to find that the people I interviewed were thoughtful, articulate. They were aware of what's going on in Washington. They were very practical in terms of understanding how it might affect them. Uh, they did have concern for the country. It wasn't all about, I just want the best benefits for me and I don't care about anybody else. Um, you know, very, very thoughtful people, which is a bit of a contradiction to what you think of as the stereotypical Trump voter who is just so rock hard behind Donald Trump that they don't care if he passes policies that harm that 
end up harming them directly, mm-hmm. um, which some Trump policies would do. I mean, uh, you know, repealing Obamacare, for example, without a replacement, uh, that would hurt a lot of people. Um, and some of them voted for Trump. Um, and you think that, well, why do people still support him? Well, some of them don't. Mm-hmm. Clearly. So your poll showed that 11 percent of the people who overall voted for Trump now, in essence, regret it. So then what would they do differently? Um, would they vote for him again? Would they not vote for him well, again? Well, guess if- why a lot of, can you guess why a lot of these people voted for Trump? Hmm. Can you guess? Could it be because <laughs> of the other person on the other side they of the aisle? They just didn't want to vote for Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Um, so I asked everybody, I interviewed the question, uh, what would you do if you had your vote over? And they said, well, it depends who he's running against. If he's running against Hillary Clinton, uh, a couple people said I maybe could be persuaded to vote for Hillary Clinton. Uh, I even interviewed people who said I thought she was well qualified. I just couldn't vote for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and other people said if I had to do it over again, I wouldn't vote for anybody or uh, I would uh, vote for a write in candidate. And uh, again, another recurring theme, both of these candidates were terrible. Uh, that's what a lot of people seem to think. Um, there were just no good choices, no good choices in the 2016 some. election. Right. And uh, you wonder if the parties got the message and are figuring out how to how to field better candidates in the future. So I guess the question is, he's about six months into his four year presidency. It, can he turn things around? Mixed views on this. Um, some people say. He is he is not going to change who he is. Who he is is explains every, the, the whole reason this is such a combative, embattled presidency. It's the whole reason he's struggling so much to get things done. And others say, you know, it wouldn't be that hard for him. Number one, just stop tweeting. If it's possible, just stop <laughs> tweeting. I mean, after all, the guy survived most of his life without Twitter. Uh, certainly he could... He ought to be able to kick the habit for the sake of his own presidency and for the sake of the nation. If he could just stop that, people think, um, you know, that would that would sort of eliminate the worst of the sort of petty grievance uh, complaining that seems to just dominate the news cycle one day after another. Is it possible he could find a way to compromise with Democrats on at least a couple of issues? Um, you know, some people think it wouldn't take that much. It's it's not in his nature to do those things, but it ought not be impossible Um, But then a lot of people come back and say he is just combative by nature. Uh, He's in a job that uh, where it's easy to be combative and he does not have the ability, as uh, I think Jim McDonald said, to um, to meet calumny with strong silence, to paraphrase uh, J.K. Rowling, paraphrasing or quoting George Washington. Right. So are the people that you spoke to, were they worried that in some way he's hurt this country's credibility yeah. on the world stage? Yes, yes. Um, that, that was another kind of surprise to me is that um, even the Trump voters in particular do care about how the United States uh, p- appears uh, on the international stage. Our relations with other countries, the word laughingstock came up more than mm. once, that he's made us a laughingstock. Nobody takes us seriously. Um, you know, I met, you know, I interviewed a machinist who, uh, you know, mentioned Angela Merkel of Germany and uh, uh, President Xi of China and uh, said, you know, these guys must just be laughing at Trump. So people do care. Uh, again, I was encouraged that um, people are people are thoughtful out there. I'm not I'm not necessarily encouraged that Trump voters are turning against Trump, um, but that people who thought, you know, are trying to find figure out how to vote for the best candidate. 
who might be best for the country. And they're thinking this through. Uh, they are adapting. They're changing the way they uh, they think about things based on what they see happening. They're responsive. They remain engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gives you some hope that, uh, you know, democracy works because people don't just um, didn't just go vote and then go to bed. Uh, people are voting and they're paying attention and they want to know that their vote made a difference. And so as we, I mean, it may seem like a long time from now, but as we move closer to 2020 and the re-election for president, you said at the top of our podcast, these results from the polls suggest Trump has lost the the voters who provided that slim margin of victory for him in 2016. So looking into your crystal ball to 2020, does the Republican Party actually say we want a candidate to go up against Trump? Uh, it's very possible. It's quite possible Trump will not run again in 2020. Of course, there's talk of impeachment, which I think remains extre- an extremely low probability thing that's almost not even worth talking about at this point. Uh, the better question is, will Trump run? And then an even better question maybe is, is it possible? Did the Democrats have anybody? Do they have anybody uh, who can be a competitive candidate? We know they have. there are a lot of names of people who want the nomination. Um, but would the Republican Party, act, because that would really be squashing Trump, actually put somebody up there in the primary? I mean, it'll be fascinating. Him. And guess who is uh, positioning himself for a run is Vice President Mike Pence. I mean, so how is this going to play out? Uh, you know, it's pretty unusual that uh, anybody would be able to mount a meaningful challenge to an incumbent president uh, running for re-election. But it has happened. It has happened. Um, uh, so... You know, who it, this is this administration is so unpredictable. You wonder what will the, the what will the uh, uh, the White House look like in 2019 and 2020 as we're going through all this. We've got to get through the midterms first, of course. Um, and there are mounting uh, hopes among Democrats that they're going to retake the House. But the Democrats always seem to find a way to muff a sure thing, which they really did in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they could easily blow it again. Well, look, if he can do something in terms of tax reform, infrastructure, health care, these are all big ticket yeah. items. But if he can really make the needle move during his presidency, that could turn things around for him. It would help if he um, moved the needle even a little bit and... Uh, you know, in terms of the sort of uh, the scrum in Washington at the moment, um, the Republicans need to get health care out of the way. They they really just need I mean, they, they cannot really cannot win on whether they uh, change Obamacare, repeal Obamacare, replace it. Uh, it's just it's going to be just a giant controversy no matter what they do. The best thing they might be able to do is just put the whole thing aside and say this is, you know, we, we really want to get to tax cuts. Uh, that would be easier. And admit defeat be, on health care? No, I think I think they could just say uh, this is too complicated right now. We're going to put it aside and get back to it after we have uh, done something about taxes and maybe done something about infrastructure. I don't think it's a given they could get something done on infrastructure. Tax cuts are the one thing that Republicans must get done. Because if the Republicans stand for anything, it's lowering taxes. And if they can't do that, they, they really can't do anything. That, that is one issue on which they are most unified. And they, you know, the, so the question is, will they be able to deliver a uh, tax cut that doesn't look like they're just giving away the farm to rich people by the 2018 midterms? And uh, handicappers are saying they have to be able to do that. So let's put the odds at 65, 70 percent. The sooner they get they just push this Obamacare uh, fiasco to the side, the sooner they get the tax cuts. So they should my in my view, they should eat it on health care. Uh, let that one alone until um, probably never. <laughs> OK. And um, and get on with tax cuts. Yeah, they need to start. Give Trump off. a win. Trump really does not have a single win. 
uh, in terms of legislation or anything meaningful at this point. Yeah, he needs to start ticking off some of those boxes and some of those campaign promises. Rick Newman, thanks so much. Thanks, Alexis. And thank you for listening to the Yahoo Finance podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. 